My guest is Brad R. Lambert, a producer, talent manager, and international speaker living in Los Angeles, California. Having spent almost a decade in the sports industry, working with the top franchises, players, and agencies, he moved to Los Angeles and hit the ground running with Robert Downey Jr. After about a year with the biggest name in Hollywood, he went to Warner Brothers and managed their digital marketing campaigns for two years, winning three Clio Awards during his tenure. Since leaving Warner Brothers, he became an independent producer, talent manager, and international speaker, working with the top brands, studios, celebrities, artists, and professionals in the industry. Prominent collaboration partners include Walt Disney Studios, Robert Downey Jr., Marvel Studios, Warner Brothers Pictures, Sony Pictures, Universal Pictures, Gary Vaynerchuk, the Russo Brothers, Chris Hemsworth, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and more. In 2019, he worked on the marketing campaigns for two of the biggest movies of all time, collaborating with Walt Disney Studios and Marvel Studios on the release of Avengers Endgame, and Sony Pictures and Marvel Studios for the release of Spider-Man Far From Home. In 2021, he is producing multiple film and TV projects, consulting with major brands and studios, managing talent, writing a book, and speaking all over the world. Please enjoy this episode with Brad R. Lambert. so much for joining me on the show. I really appreciate it. I'm so looking forward to this conversation with you, Matt. Uh, it's great to be here, Joe. Thanks for having me, man. So I want to start, um, I always like to get the backstory because uh, I really think it helps people know the person and become more familiar with where you came from and where you are today. Sure. And so if you don't mind doing that, that would be awesome. Oh, of course. Uh, I am from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so I'm actually from the East Coast. Uh, I was born and raised in the Steel City. Uh, spent some time in North Carolina uh, as well, in Charlotte. I went to college at NC State, um, but I started really working, working when I was like 16, 17, 18 years old. Um, you know, I had the traditional jobs of, you know, working at a sandwich shop or a movie theater. Like I worked at a movie theater all through high school and college. Uh, for side income. And that's where I really fell in love with movies. Um, so we'll, we'll get to that. But um, working, working wise, I really found my entrepreneurial self at that age. I was uh, very passionate about sports. So I wanted to be a part of the sports industry in any way, shape or form. Uh, specifically, I wanted to work directly with my athletes, the guys that I cheered on Sundays and Mondays and now Thursdays, you know, mm -hmm. so I wanted to provide whatever value I could for those guys. So I was able to get connected to a few of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and at that age, I was, like I said, still in high school so that the age gap between me and a lot of these athletes was pretty significant. So the disconnect was there, but I had to prove myself and build that trust and credibility through my actions. So I learned very quickly how to connect with high level people at a young age. And that was by building genuine relationships and adding whatever value I could to benefit them both uh, personally and professionally. So, you know, simple things like, you know, later on down the road, it would be like, Hey man, I'm in Arizona training. Can you swing by my house and move my car for me? Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm around whatever you need, you know, or, Hey, help me with this massive campaign endorsement deal, whatever. So I, I had a range of things that I did for these guys, but at the start of it, it, 
it was at the the uh, initial beginnings of Facebook and social media. So these guys didn't understand how to utilize social media to benefit themselves. And I had been playing around with it for a while. So I saw the opportunity. So I was able to then bring that knowledge and expertise to the table to help establish these guys on social media, help with content creation, strategy, et cetera. So through high school, I worked with these athletes and some agencies was doing my own thing. Then all through college, I actually worked with a marketing agency uh, while I was at NC State. So I was basically full time with the agency and doing school at the same time. So it was such a great experience because I had, you know, got in at the right time with this agency, proved myself. And then I was going to New York City almost twice a month, sitting down with Fortune 500 brands in these, you know, penthouse suites in New York City. And it was my job to sit there and be quiet. That That's what I was told. Um, and that, at the time, made a lot of sense. So I would just sit there and soak up the room all the knowledge, all the exchanges, everything. And I, it, a funny nickname I had was uh, these guys were just so used to me sitting there very stoically and just listening. And they're, they're like, who's this silent assassin? Like, who is this guy? You know, but I, I was just following directions, you know, but now. Obviously, what, year, what year was this? Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. I just want to get no, the No, not problem. I, I mean, freshman, sophomore year of college, I was working with this agency, uh, maybe even through junior year. Um, I'm not sure, but, but like, what year, what year, like, uh, oh, I, she's 20, 21. Um, that's how old you were. Yeah. So I was 2009, 2010, maybe. Got it. Um, so I was, I was young and it was start of college for me. So I was, you know, doing school work and then doing work work and then traveling and doing both. And it was just such a great experience for me because it got me ahead. It, it put my feet to the fire and challenged me at an early age, which I love. Like I'm fearless in that regard. I'll try anything. Uh, I'm not afraid to fail. Uh, at worst case, I learn. Uh, one, I'm not good at it, or I learned how to do it a different way. So, you know, I, I'm not really caught up in those elements of, you know, what if I fail or, you know, I'm like, screw it, I'm just going to try. And if I fail, so be it, I'll learn and move on, you know, and be better because of it. So, um, you know, with that experience, man, like, fast forward to, you know, after school, and I, I moved back to Pittsburgh to work with uh, a sports agency. And then eight months later, I was out in LA working with Robert Downey Jr. and his team. So those elements of that experience from high school to college, where I was working with high level celebrities and professionals and entrepreneurs and things like that, I, it didn't bother me. So, you know, being in the same room with professional athletes or celebrities or talent like Robert Downey Jr., it doesn't bother me. Like, they're just like us. They're just normal people. They just have high-profile jobs and lives in general. So I'm able to build that trust and that credibility because, one, I'm not fangirling, you know, in front of these guys. And, two, it's it's all business. I want to have a genuine relationship with these people. So it's not about, you know, hey, what can you do for me? It's about what I can do for you. And my scale of giving and receiving is so far skewed in giving. And I'm, I'm not complaining. I'm just stating a fact. That's how I live my life. And, and I'm so happy because of it. The relationships I have are just 
mind blowing. I mean, just from status and, and success and, you know, credible people as well, as well as just good people at the end of the day, that's all that really matters to me is like, you could be the most famous successful person in the world, but if you're not nice or kind to other people, I don't really care to associate with you. And I've had to cut off some big fish, but I don't care. Like, I, I really don't want to surround myself with that negativity, that ego or that hate. So my circle is very uh, specific about who I associate with and who I call a friend and family and so on and so forth. So, you know, I moved out to LA and got my feet wet in the entertainment industry. And going back to what I said earlier about working at a movie theater, I was the guy ripping tickets and cleaning up popcorn and stuff in high school. And I fell in love with that just going to the movies and boy, I can't wait to go back when it's safe to do so. But, uh, you know, that's where I fell in love with all the different genre of film. Um, because before I worked at the movies, I was like, Oh, just action, you know, but then that opened up my palette to rom-coms and dramas and horrors and literally everything, thrillers, psych thrillers. So now I, I have an appreciation for all different genres of film and, and that whole process. So coming out to Los Angeles, I wanted to pursue film, TV, and entertainment as a whole. Um, I never wanted to be the, the actor, you know, be a star. That was not my, my goal. Um, I always wanted to be involved. Uh, at whatever capacity. So I brought my marketing, my business background out here, and that's what got my start. And I really started to find myself uh, out here after working with Downey. I went to Warner Brothers and I was managing the marketing campaigns for TV, film, and catalog titles. Um, so that experience really helped me find the producer in me because I was given tasks with large budgets. Uh, I had to collaborate with different agencies and teams. And then flex my creative and uh, business muscles to get stuff done. And that was me managing those very high level campaigns for Warner Brothers. So for me, that was like, uh, as a producer, you have to have a good balance of business and creative. And that that was me. And I really was like, wow, I, I can do this. So I actually went on to executive produce um, uh, my first film, which was a horror film, I helped raise, I think it was between three to $5 million, which I'd never done before. Um, so that was uh, just, I was grateful to be a part of that project. And, and just once again, someone threw me an opportunity instead of being afraid of failing or, oh, I don't know how to do this. I was like, give me a few days and let me see what I can muster up. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'll figure it out. And I ended up, you know, making a bunch of calls and connecting dots and we were filming a few months later. So it was just uh, to be a, a small part of that project and, and kind of have that experience now moving forward with the other stuff that I'm doing from music videos to commercials to I have a full slate of films right now that I'm working on getting funding for uh, because they're all independent. Um, I'm taking calls with VCs and you know investors and things of that nature. So once again, that early experience pays dividends. You know, so waiting for the perfect time to to try things is not always the best route to take. You know, if you can start early while your competition is not, uh, I think you'll really get an edge for yourself. And I am by no means, you know, where I want to be yet. But 
the the progress I've been able to make and I'm only 32. So I, I'm, I'm, I feel the momentum. I, I feel myself coming together and, and who I am and what I'm about and the people I surround myself with, I'm just grateful for, and they inspire me and motivate me to be better each and every day. And, um, I, I couldn't ask for anything more. That's incredible. So you're going to have to forgive me because I, the, the part about this that means a lot to me is helping to educate the audience on how you become the type of person that you are, that a lot of people want it to be, where they have to put one foot in front of the other and actually go do the stuff. Sure. And not overthink it, not overplan it. So I, I'm going to pull you all the way back to high school because I know yeah. what I was like in high school. And I just, I played soccer. I was interested in girls. I, you know, whatever I, right. I never had the focus that it sounded like you had. So my first question is, did this come from your parents? Did there, was there something that they instilled in you to say, Hey, Brad, you can go out and do anything you want. Just go and you just got to ask. And you know, how did yeah. that happen for you? <laughs> well, it's funny. You, the ask bit is so spot on. You'll laugh. But my mom always said, if you don't ask, you don't get. And, and that has stuck with me from day one. She, she's always been my biggest supporter. I love her to death. Obviously, you were a part of the Growth Now Summit, which yeah. she was there. So yeah, um, that's right. And one of my, you know, she's my biggest supporter and I, I love her to death. So she's inspired me in so many ways. And, um, you know, so yeah, she definitely pushed me. But uh, I would say, you know, I, I was wired differently, you know, just in a sense of, I was a dreamer, man. Like I, I always swung for the fence, whether it was asking out the, the hottest girl, um, or, you know, trying to get the biggest opportunity or whatever, you know, I, I didn't care. I was like, you know, my standards for what I wanted, you know, I, I didn't want to talk down to myself or limit myself of, Oh, I could never accomplish that. Like, what kind of mindset is that? You know, I would say if you're not challenging yourself, you're never going to know what you're truly capable of. And each and every day, I'm constantly stepping into something that I never thought was possible. Like, I just got approached with an opportunity that wasn't even on my radar, not even remotely, maybe down the line, but it was thrown in my face three weeks ago. And I've had to be scrappy and jump on the opportunity. But it I wasn't planning on it, but I also was not going to be like, oh, I'm not ready for this. Or now talk to somebody else. I'm like, I'm going to give it my all and it's either going to happen or it's not, you know, and that's how I look at things. So, you know, I, I'm fairly confident in that in that project I was just mentioning. Uh, it, it's come along nicely. But what's cool about that project, I'm not going to dive into details, but I was approached for me. Get this done. But instead of looking at it like me, 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 la, 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 I was like, you know what? I'm going to bring in some heavy hitters and we are going to win together because including them will take away some stuff for me, but everyone will benefit and the project will be that much better because of it. And I want, I want that to be very clear. I could have done this by myself. I was like, I, I, I could have done a good job but it wouldn't be what it is right now if I didn't include these other heavy hitters. So it's, it's having that selflessness to step aside, right. And say, you know what, this is what it is. I'm going to, I'm going to bring in people I, I care about 
people who I have a lot of respect for, who are so talented in their own rights that are going to really complement what we're doing or what we're trying to do. And man, the, the, the masterpiece that we've kind of put together for this project, I'm so excited about it. But once again, I could have taken the ego approach to made it all about me. And I was like, nope, I'm going to bring in the, the squad and we're all going to benefit and win because of it. So it's just that kind of approach where it's like, you know, am I trying to just get it done or am I trying to go overboard and do the best job possible? And a lot of people want 100% of the credit, whereas not many people are okay with 12%. But 12% of, of something great as yeah. opposed to 100% of something semi, you that's know, nothing. I mean, right. What's well, 100% of nothing? Right. I mean, that's, that's the reality of it. So a lot of people only want to think of themselves or they want all the limelight and they want all the shine and credit. And it's like, look, at the end of the day, nobody gets anywhere by themselves. And, and people who say otherwise are either insane or there's egomaniacs to the point where it's like, there's no talking to them. They just, they are who they are. So for me, it's like, I never want to be put in that category. I think ego is one of the biggest turnoffs up in general. And two, it's, it's one of the biggest inhibitors to success, growth, relationships, period. And being in Hollywood, uh, I'm sure you can imagine the egos that exist here. And it's funny from people who have no right to have egos here have egos. So it is, it's fascinating to me where, you know, I'm from Pittsburgh. It's a blue collar town. It's a hardworking town. It's a good town. Uh, the people are kind, they're giving, they're generous. And, you know, so coming out here, I, I was very much, uh, an alien in a way, cause I didn't subscribe to the, the norms of LA and the behavior and the competition and the wild, wild west nonsense. And, you know, I didn't get along with people who, who played that game. Because I'm not going to play that game. I'm not going to cut somebody's legs off to, to win. That's just not who I am. So that's what allowed me to kind of separate myself and find myself and find my lane. And, you know, there are consequences to your actions and how you treat people. And in this business, they always come back around. The person you screw over now, I guarantee you, you'll see them in five years. That's just how the business is. Yeah. Unless you leave the business because it's not for you and you fail, you're going to see them again. So you need to treat everyone with respect and kindness. You may not like them, but that's not a requirement, right? Like there are a lot of people I don't like in this business, but I still will treat them with respect and kindness. I don't have to like them. You know, we don't have to be friends. Yeah. We can be acquaintances, professional relationship, but. Aside from that, like, we're not going to be grabbing a beer watching football. Like, that's just, you know, that's right. not. But everybody, once again, they're so like this with so many aspects of their life, just like this, where you need to widen that view and widen your mind and your horizon to the possibilities of not just what you're capable of, but looking at situations differently. Like, I try to plan five to 10 moves ahead. If I do or say this, 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 and this is going to happen, you know? So it's, it's, uh, it's mental chess in a way of understanding how, you know, things move, how things operate, how people move and how people operate and everybody's different. But if you can understand, you know, interpersonal communication and, and kind of get a good read on somebody, you can understand the ebb and flow of conversation and their actions. Um, people are very, uh, stuck to patterns. 
they behave a certain way and they rarely change. So if you can identify that pattern and how they move and, and how they speak and things like that, you're able to kind of ride the wave in a way of like, this is how this person is. I got to kind of change chameleon wise to, to be able to deal with it um, yeah. and, and, and make it successful because we can't just stay the same core values. Yes. Stay the same. But in regards to like how you communicate with certain people, some people, you got to have the most amount of patience in the history of time. Other people, it's like, it's so chill. Like it's a chill work environment, whatever other people you have to really kind of be on them to, to make sure they're getting whatever tasks done. And so everybody's different, but you have to, you can't just stay the same person with everybody. You have to understand that each, each and everybody's different and you have to kind of change to best suit that like a puzzle piece. Um, because if you don't, that's where the issues happen. You know, you're not the way I want you to be Joe. So we're going to have problems. Right? Right. That's, that's not how it works. But, but a lot of leaders are like that where it's like, you don't fit what I want. You're out of here. Yep. You're, you're not a brainwashed zombie. You're out of here. Yep. And, and trust me, I've had so many experiences like that, where it's like, if you have an opinion, if you're your own person and, and it's, it's the way the business is, it's the wild, wild west. And I will say this, those people may get far very quickly, but long-term they're going to fall on their face. So, and that's what attracted me to you in that, that Growth Now Summit. I heard you talk, and then I started looking at all that you've accomplished at the ripe old age of 32. I was like, <laughs> Thank you, man. I was like, this, he is the most humble person that I've seen with the accolades that you have. And I just was like, God, I have to talk to this guy because, you know, I just turned 59 and there's many things that I want to do with my life. I didn't do all of the things the way I, I mean, I don't like, I don't want to say regret, but I definitely feel like I have some regret because sure. I just didn't, if I don't know, I've always had really high goals. Did I work as hard as I should have on all those things? Probably not. So I take the, all of the blame, but I just like, man, I want to surround myself with people that even now, like I could just say, well, you know, it didn't work out. I'm just gonna, yeah. just gonna do. But I constantly, I think a big motivator for me with this podcast when I started it almost a year ago was I want to be around people that are successful, people that through me and these conversations can spread the word of what they did to make things like this happen. And sure. so, yeah, you you definitely had to be wired different. The fact that a in high school you were doing all that you were doing, and then again in college. College is like, wow, I'm finally out of the house and I'm just going to, I'm going to do as little work as I can. And I'm going to have a great time. You know, it's just, I don't think I went to one party in college. I'm I not even kidding. It doesn't surprise me. It sounds no, like I, I just, I had no interest, like the, the one-to-one -one exchanges and, and the nonsense. You know, I had fun in my own way, but like, <laughs> I just, that college, like it just didn't, it didn't appeal to me. Um, but I was also so busy on the other things that I was trying to do. And I saw the potential and the benefits of the things that I was doing. I actually stepped away from school for a year because that marketing agency uh, opportunity was thriving so much where I'm in these boardrooms with fortune 500 companies. I'm like, why am I still in school? You right. know, 
like, and so I, I took a year off and I went all in on this marketing agency and the experience I got was crazy. And I ended up finishing school online. Um, but it was like, that's the kind of real world experience that, you know, I had a conversation with a young lady the other day in Canada and she was like, how do I, how do I, you know, get to where you are? And I was like, what you're doing right now? You, you took the time and the effort to, to follow up with me on LinkedIn. And we finally found a time to talk and I'm giving you 15, 20 minutes to talk and whatever, however I can help you, I'm going to do it. And she was just very laser focused, right. On what she wanted to get out of this conversation. And I was like, your hustle, your focus, like that's going to get you really far. And now you just have to act on it. You can't worry. Like, it's like sales. You're going to knock on 200 doors and you might get one or two answers, but the second you're about to quit yep. that next door might be the one that changes your whole life. So that's why it's like, you just got to keep going. You got to ignore, like there are things where I'll have an opportunity, biggest opportunity ever. And I'll just like, I'll do what I need to do, but then I move on. Like I'm not waiting or mm-hmm. dwelling. I'm just like next, you know, that's not something that I, you know, I don't want to waste time because it's out of my hands. Once I do what I need to do, I hand it off. And then what will be, will be. Right. So I'm not going to sit here and, and be kind of bent out of shape of, oh my gosh, I haven't got one. Yes. Like I've got so many no's I've lost count, but that is what we need to do. Like we have to persist. We have to keep going. Um, and that's something that a lot of people aren't like, some people can't handle failure and, and I get it. But at the same time, like you're capable of more than you think you just have to rewire how you look at things. Once again, it's not, you're a loser, Joe, you failed. It's that opportunity wasn't meant for you. And what did you learn out of it? Right. Boom. That right. changes the whole game. Like, cause then I don't feel like a loser. Right. Cause I, I didn't win. You know, when I win, I, I learn when I lose, I learn, but I don't look at it as like, wow, I failed. You know, I'm just like, look, if anything, it's another chip on my shoulder right? Somebody passed on me, the opportunity didn't work out, whatever. But like a great example is what's right behind me right here. This, this poster of Avengers <clears throat> Endgame that's signed by the entire cast. Okay. I'm a huge nerd. I love pop culture. I love film. I love TV. I love comics. I grew up with these characters. So to be able to work with a guy like Downey, you can imagine how awesome that was. So I wanted to work for Marvel after Downey. I went to Warner brothers and at Warner brothers, I was working on all these IPs and campaigns and titles that I loved. And I was like, this is so much fun. I would, I would die to like go to Disney and do this for Marvel. I have to do this for Marvel. So I, I tried, I tried, I tried, even at Downey, I tried to get a job at Marvel and I came second place. Uh, and then when I was at WB, I had, I think two tries where I came second place and I was just like, Oh, it's not, it's not working. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people would have just given up on that dream. It's never going to happen. I'm never going to work for Marvel. I'm never going to work for Disney. It's just not meant to be. But I was like, all right, fine. So I'm going to create my own path. And that's what I did. I, I was doing my own thing. I was producing, managing, consulting, and I brought value to Marvel and Disney, put this collaboration together with one of the biggest uh, artists on social media, and he designed this. Uh, incredible artist, so freaking talented. Um, but the goal of working with Marvel and Disney right there. So I went from failing multiple times, not giving up and then working on the biggest movie of all time, being a very small piece to that campaign. 
And that's something like, like I said, it's signed by the entire cast. And that's a living uh, reminder every single day where it's like, you know, I, I got this tattooed on my arm. You see that tattoo right here? Mm -hmm. It says, whatever it takes. And that's a line from Avengers Endgame. Whatever it takes, get it done. Whatever it takes, make it happen. And that's that's right there. Same yeah. with this one. Like yeah. it, it's like I I don't set limitations for myself, and I will fail constantly. But it's you know getting hit, getting back up, and keep going and trying again. And and what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over yeah. again and expecting different results, right? So when something's not working. You got to create a new path or try something else. And that's what I did. So to fail as much as I did trying to get that job with Marvel and Disney, those opportunities didn't work out. I went out and did my own thing, created my own path and ended up working on Avengers Endgame, being part of that marketing campaign. And then I followed that up with working on Spider-Man Far From Home with Sony Pictures. And I grew up with Spider-Man. So that was an unbelievable experience for me. So once again, like chasing your passions, adding whatever value you can around those passions and staying consistent and persistent with that approach. And that was my goal, like Disney, Sony, Universal. What value can I bring to your campaign to make it the best campaign ever? Mm -hmm. Like, and that's how I looked at things. I look at things from a broad standpoint of, okay, there's an opportunity here. I'm going to try to fill that hole with value. You know, but a lot of people are like, I need you to tell me what you need me to do. Right. It's like, no, you, you got to be scrappy and, and self-starting in that regard where it's like, I, I followed this artist for so long. I know, I knew what he was capable of. I knew he had a huge following. So working with WB, I knew I paid creative agencies a lot of money to create assets for campaigns. And then they would deliver the assets and that would be it. So I was like, why not pay an artist? who has almost a million followers to do art with the demographic that's your target market, right? So the value there was way more than what it would be with a creative agency. The value was, you know, the creative agency doesn't have a million followers that they'll post and push it out. So not that Disney needs the extra million followers, but if you're going to pay for it either way, Sure. Why not be you know, smart about it and get the most bang for your buck? And that was the approach. I brought creatives, influencers, talent to the table who could add a unique twist to these campaigns where, you know, working on them as much as I did for two years at WB, a lot of the content looks the same. It's the same countdown images, memes, quote images, static images, trailers, same thing. So what can we do to make it different? That's how you make it different. So it's, it's, finding those opportunities and trying to be self-starting in a way of, I recognize talent. I'm going to go out and get that talent and do whatever I can to help that person. So win-win, right? Yeah. And that's, you know, I'm going to bring value. You're going to bring your talents and we're going to win together. That's it. You know, and that it's, it's that simple, but a lot of people, once again, they want all the light, they want all the credit. And those are people that are really shooting themselves in the foot. Because at the end of the day, that's where ego comes in. And once you get sucked into that big fat ego, you're done. Yeah. Again, you know, on that, that call that we did or that video that you were on, I was like, how is this guy so humble and down to earth? And, and it was a total attraction to me because Thanks, man. 
I mean it from my heart. I grew up just a couple hours north of New York City, and I spent a good 12 years there as a musician. And I've been to L.A. doing auditions where I was the guy from out of town, and I've seen the egos on both sides of the coast, and I get it. And for you to, to be the way you are and be in this business for as long as you have been and still you are who you are, it's, that's a, you, know, you should pat yourself on the back for that because that's man. a big thing. So. Well, I, I, a big thing is, you know, your reputation is everything. Mm-hmm. So when you let ego come into play, you're really, once again, shooting yourself in the foot and yeah. your reputation will take a massive hit because of it. Because at the end of the day, man, like, especially in a business like this, like nobody cares. Like they want whatever it is done. They don't care how it gets done. Just get it done. You're not as important as you think you are. That's just the way it is. So like, why have an ego? And plus, I'm not where I want to be. You know, there's a million people better than me. Like, that's just the reality. I'm 32 years old. You know, how can I possibly have an ego when there's a guy like Elon Musk walking around? (laughs) Right? No, I'm serious. I know. I'm serious. It's like, you know, how can I have an ego when, you know, a guy like Gary Vaynerchuk's (laughs) taking over the world? You know, like, but Gary's a friend, you know? So like- where's the ego come into play? I, I, to me, it's like, I have so much more room for growth and learning and just continuing to grow in that regard where it's like, how could I possibly have an ego? But I also don't want the people who I'm friends with since sixth grade to be like, wow, you really turned into a jackass. Right. I don't want that, you know, but you know, the guy who was on the growth now summit call was my best friend in elementary school, middle school. He was in that room. And I hit him up afterwards and thanked him for, I didn't know he was going to be there, but he mm-hmm. was there. And he, he thanked me profusely for acknowledging his existence in the room. Yeah. And he was like, you're a good dude. My best friend from the, uh, elementary school and middle school just said I was a good dude. Yeah. After all the time that passed, mm-hmm. all the experiences I've had, boom. But I'm not perfect. You know, I make mistakes, but it's never done in a, I'm better than you, you know, way i just i don't believe in that we may have a a bad exchange you may catch me on a rough day we're human but there's a difference between uh, a mistake and an exchange and just being a pompous ass right huge difference and there's if, if you look hard enough you'll see the difference but i i i try so hard to make sure every interaction that i have is a good one and it's not just about i gotta make myself look so cool in this chat it's like i want joe to really enjoy this conversation and have good things to say about me hopefully on the end that's my goal but if i'm here like joe you are a worthless dude like i mean come on like it's just like joe you wouldn't understand i'm in the big leagues bro like it's just i i don't it drives me crazy because i've experienced it so much with with egos on on the people that i've interacted with and it's such a turnoff where you're just like, you won't even look at me in the face or you won't talk to me. You have to talk to me through somebody else. I just like, I, I don't care. I don't care who you are. I don't want to deal with that. I'm a human just like you. You're in a high profile position. That's the only difference. That's it. So yeah, I mean, there, there's nothing to have an ego about. Like I'm, I'm nowhere where I want to be yet. Uh, I've done a lot of great things I'm grateful for and and I'm continuing to, to build in that regard. But yeah, there's, there's absolutely... 
if, if you're making others feel little and less than, you're a pretty shitty person. Yep. And I don't ever want to be a person that makes somebody else feel less than ever. Well, like I said, I could tell it's just so natural for you. And, and I'm, I'm thrilled to be here with you. So I, I again, I'm going to drag you back to high school. So forgive me, but I want to understand what the pivot was from the, you starting out with sports, which seemed like a natural thing for you to do because it's such a heavy sports town. Yeah. But so you did this, um, but it, you also mentioned that you worked in a movie theater. So was your first love the whole movie thing, but sports, how did you transition and are you still involved in sports? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm still very involved uh, okay. with, with my guys, uh, specifically on the Steelers and, and the Penguins. I, I want to I be a person of value to those guys, whether it's personally, professionally, whatever they need. Like I said, hey, move my car. Hey, you know, uh, how do I get this done? Uh, help with an endorsement deal, whatever it is. So I, I'm very much still involved with sports. I love sports, but I'm a you know, two-sided coin, right? One, one side sports, the other is entertainment. Mm -hmm. So I, I dabbled in, in sports initially. That was my, my first thing. And I got to the point where I was like, man, I'm like 24, 25. If I don't pursue this other thing, I might miss my window. And that's when I had the opportunity to move out here and work with Downey and his team. And that's where I went heavy into entertainment. So but what's great about entertainment is like you could very well pull sports into it. Like sports yep. is under the entertainment umbrella. So I don't really look at them separate. Uh, obviously, I started in sports initially, but, you know, when, once you're in entertainment, it uh, fashion, gaming, TV, film, music, sports. I mean, my goodness, you could everything falls under that. Mm -hmm. So it's that's what's exciting to me is when I was, you know, in a smaller town like Charlotte, I knew a lot of people. And then when I went to Pittsburgh, I really built a lot of crazy relationships. And once again, this is not networking. I want to be very clear. It's actually building genuine relationships with people, whether they're not famous or famous. Like it's, it's the same. It's consistent. Um, but it was more of like, how can I build? How quickly can I build in a bigger city like Pittsburgh, right? And in eight months, I, 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 from the top of the Steelers organization to the, to heavy hitters in the Penguins organization to, you know, Lynn Swan, like huge, huge names. And we're talking like personal relationships with these people. And that showed me like, if I ever go to a big city and live in New York or LA, I could really get stuff done. So when I came out to LA, that was, that was my goal. What can I accomplish in LA? Who can I get connected to and build relationships with? And, and what could we accomplish together? Right. And I moved out to LA and started with Robert Downey Jr. And then so, from there. Yeah. So before we go there, cause I want to ask how that happened. And I think it's, it's, you know, driving my mind crazy. Cause I want to know how someone that's their first gig out there in a sense. And I'm not sure if that's true, but if that is true, then I really, it's incredible. Yeah. But with the sports figures in Pittsburgh, when somebody hears you tell this story, it's like, well, what does that mean? Did your, did someone in your family know somebody and allowed you to stand on the sideline one day? Or like, how do you get in front of these people? What's, what's the connection that you used to kind of stack on all these people yeah. that you would meet? I mean, well, stacking on is a good way to put it because at the end of the day, 
we are our own brand. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So from me starting at 16, 17, 18 years old and working with professional athletes and the Steelers, I've been around that organization since like 2005, 2006. Consistently. Mm-hmm. It's 2021. So that's a long time being around the team, the players, the ownership, the coach, like, but how, how did you do that? Like, well, it, that? I mean, cause I, I once like, you know, yeah. I live in Arizona, so I go to the Cardinals games. Once but, you get, once you get connected to one and right? back when I got connected, it was, I literally was able to connect through the, the phone book. Like it was that kind of scrappy thinking that <laughs> I was able to, at the time, phone books were still a thing. Mm-hmm. And one thing led to another, got connected to somebody else. And, and that was it. But you know, now it's, you know, DMS or introductions through contacts, but you have to be able to introduce yourself in a wow manner, right? So I've been building my brand since 16, 17, 18 years old. So when I run into someone or I'm at an event or I'm at a training camp and I have the opportunity to say hello, I'm not saying, hey, can I have your autograph? Or hey, can I have a picture? (laughs) I'm like, hey, my name is Brad Lambert. You know, I've, I've been around the team since 2005. Would love to connect any way I can help, let me know. I mean, what more could you ask for? That yeah. that's a elevator pitch home run, right? So that was how I handled it. And it was like, yeah, I'm I'm friends with Willie Parker. I know Hines. I know all the guys, you know. And oh, okay. You know, once you have that credibility where you can attach your name to somebody else in a way that oh, I'm friends with so and so, that wall of defense goes down, goes away immediate because a lot of people are like who are you and why are you talking to me when you say something like that that wall comes down they're like oh what's up you're just a normal person Mm -hmm. you're not a crazy fan right and that is how you separate yourself by not acting like crazy fan and and the best example i could give is i went to training camp a lot back in the day and i used to bring a bunch of my friends we would go and we would be on the field because of my relationships, we'd be on the field during practice, which was amazing. And then after practice, everyone would scatter and get as many photos and as many autographs. And uh, we'd all come back like half hour later when everybody left. And what'd you get? What'd you get? Who'd you get? Da, da, da. And everyone would be like, oh, I got so-and-so, this and that, this and that. And then they'd be like, Brad, what'd you get? I was like, I got zero. And they're like, you had 30 to 40 minutes to get as many photos and autographs as possible on the field with all these guys. And you got zero. I was like, yeah, but I got seven phone numbers. Right. And they were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's how different we were wired, right? Priorities, man. Like, I'll get autographs and photos later when I'm hanging out with them at their house. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care about that. Like, I want to build a genuine relationship. And you're not going to do that when you start by asking for photos or autographs. It's just not going to happen. So, like, Downey, for instance, I've known him for six years. But I didn't get my first picture with Downey until like 2019 Christmas, right before the pandemic. I was at his Christmas party and it was like a five-year window. I was like, it's been five years. Like, can I get a photo? I would love to just close that. Right. And and he was like, get over here, man. Of course. Like, yeah. don't be ridiculous, you know. But once again, if I the first time I saw him, mm-hmm. I ran up and was like, can we get a selfie? Like, that, that's so annoying. The first time I saw him, I walked up to him and I introduced myself and I said, thank you for the opportunity. Look forward to working with you. How's it? Yeah. You know, 
but that's yeah, you're, you're, that's the difference and you're you're very wise uh for your years of being because i i was that person because i was so starstruck as like i wanted to be this touring drummer that was my goal i went to music school which that's another question i have to ask but i can't forget that i have to make sure we talk about that quickly but so i anytime i went to see someone i don't think i was obnoxious but i was definitely starstruck and it was it wasn't i never the words thinking of hey i know you're in town if there's anything I can do for you while you're here, let me know. Like if I just said that, my name, whatever, and walked away, that would have been. But instead, I know that I gushed, you know. And it's, so, it's normal. And so I wasn't wired like you, but my it's changed for me a lot. Yeah. You know. So even where I am now, I now it's just like, listen, I'm just trying to do good in the world, and the people that can see that through me. Great. And so, you know, things have really changed in the last, I would say, couple of months for me just because I changed my mindset. And and it's it's a shame it took me this long to figure it out. But at least I figured it out before it's too late. So everybody has their own their own time and their own own path, their own way of living. I mean, it's not a competition. I mean, I you know, my way of thinking wasn't always right you know i mean it's just the reality of it i missed out on a lot because of the way i was i've been wired Mm -hmm. Uh, and i wouldn't change it but it's not all rainbows and unicorns you know what i mean it's it's just it's tough you know so it's i don't want you to or anybody for that matter to think oh i don't think like brad i i failed you know or oh i waited till i was 59 years old to to get this it's like it's not a competition like you know so i i don't i don't subscribe to that kind of stuff but yeah i mean it, it was uh, the relationships are what matter. And the, when you deal with high level people, they don't really have genuine relationships because yeah. they're high level people. Yeah. A lot of people want stuff. Mm-hmm. So when you come at it almost obnoxiously, like, what can I do for you? How can I help? They're like, wow, this is refreshing. Yeah. Throws them you off. Know? How are you? Yeah. Like, how are you? Like, who's asking them that, you know, but that's the difference, you know, yeah. and that's, at the end of the day, these are normal people and they just want to feel normal sometimes. And that's what I, I try to give, you know, it's like, let's go back to the house and play Madden till our eyes bleed. Like that's, that's the kind of like normalcy. I want these guys. Most of them are young, man, like 20, 21 years old. I'm the old man now at 32 when I was 17, 18, when I first met these guys, now I'm the old guy. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, but that, that trust that I have, and, you know, just try to help and give them opportunities and, and keep them away from certain things early in their career. You know, some of them don't want to hear it. And I've yeah. lost relationships because I've been brutally honest from a professional standpoint of like, yo, this is not this is not the good move for your brand and your business moving forward. And some of them are like, see you later. Like, OK, but at the end of the day, it was all love. You know, I, 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 I didn't get anything out of it. Um, so it's it's being honest and transparent and truly having their best interests in mind. And just anybody I work with, I, I try to really, you know, care and, and, and show that I care. But the one thing too is, is empathy is so important. A lot of people aren't empathetic enough. They don't look at people and read that they're sad or they're stressed or they're anxious or whatever, and then react accordingly. They only care about themselves and what they want out of a situation. And that's it. 
But you have to acknowledge these things and you have to care about how other people are feeling. Because if you can identify, oh, wow, look at, look at, you know, Joe, he, he looks like a little down today. I'm going to hit him up, you know, makes a difference. Yeah. I've had people on Twitter just, oh, my life sucks. I'm having a horrible day. Getting out of bed is hard. I call him. How are you? Talk to me. I'm here. All right, send him a message. Hey, sending good vibes. I'm here if you need to talk. You're not alone. You're loved, whatever. Everybody's going through it, man. But if you just stay about yourself, you know, and one person that I did do that to recently hit me up. It's like, that meant a lot to me because I was struggling. Yeah. And that little text that you sent me, a text, Joe. Yeah. You know how long that took me? 30 right. seconds. Right. But I think you again, brought that up on the call, on the summit. Yeah. yeah. But that's that's the difference. It's like a lot of people think they're too important or too busy, right. too arrogant, too ignorant to do these little simple things. Where in reality, if everyone did the little extra, the simple things that we overlook or don't want to take the time to do, the world would be a much kinder, happier place. Um, but that's the issue. And that's like, you know, naive of me to think, but I, I'm trying to make that the norm. I'm trying to show people that those little things that you do mean something. Um, and, and it matters, especially when everyone's dealing with a global pandemic. So, you know, I think, uh, hearing that someone appreciates you or like you reaching out to me after the, the event, like that was awesome. That made my day. Like anybody who wants to hear me speak, I'm like, wow, Okay, cool. Thanks. You know, so it's, but that's, it's the little things, you know, and a lot of people don't care to acknowledge those things or give those little things it's due. And I think that's where the problem lies. Yeah, I agree with you so much. Um, okay. So you get done with college. You, what is the catalyst in the plant? Like what groundwork was laid so that you literally could move to LA and hit the ground running. And not only that, but work with somebody like Robert Downey Jr. From a very young age, I was trying to surround myself with people who I admire and who inspire me. That's like, just not because I wanted anything other just to be a part of their lives. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's what I constantly did since I was young. And I build genuine relationships because of that. Like I, it's not, I need something da da da. da. And when I don't get what I need, I'm out. Like, that's not what we're talking about, people. Like, we're talking like, enter a relationship genuinely. You're not expecting anything. If you get something, great. Hallelujah. Good for you. But if you don't get something, that doesn't mean you're bailing and you're out of there and you never talk to that person again. That, that That's not a genuine relationship if that's what you're doing. Period. Yeah. So I've constantly tried to surround myself with people who I admire. They could be massive celebrities they could be professional athletes they could be someone who works at the grocery store down the street they're a good person or they could be an artist who's just so ridiculously talented it blows my mind like i don't have ulterior motives i just want to surround myself with amazing good people period so you know with that mindset you know my network is pretty robust and i i have some pretty incredible people in my life and i got connected to someone and he opened a door for me and that, that was it. That's how I got the Downey. And when did you move? What year was that? 2015, I think. Yeah. Cause I've been in LA six years. So it was February so, of 2015. 
And when you moved out there, you literally had this gig ready. You hit the, yeah. you just landed, got an apartment or whatever, and you started working with Robert Downey Jr. Right away. Yep. That's but that's, but that's, that's an example of some of the amazing things that can happen yeah. when you lead with kindness, you add value, you, you build genuine relationships and when all those things add up, man, it gets to a point where people are like, all right, you've done so much for me. What can I do for you? You know, like it, unless they are the worst type of person, they're probably going to say that to some extent. Like I, I said it last night to somebody, somebody who was helping me out with the project. I'm like, what can I do for you? How can I help you? Any phone calls, emails, whatever, I'll do what I can. No promises, but I'll try to help you. It's just human nature. Yeah. Like we all have the ability to help someone, but if you don't ask, right. Going back mm-hmm. to the start of this mm-hmm. conversation, if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. So that's, that's the whole thing where it's like, you know, some people are too afraid to ask. Some people are, are too in their head about asking, but it's like, if you ask them, then they feel more comfortable to be like, you know what? I've been really struggling with X, Y, Z. Yeah. Like that young lady who reached out to me on LinkedIn. Can I talk to you for 15 minutes, please? Who the hell am I? Yeah, of course. We did it, you know? And she emailed me the next morning and was like, I'm so driven and motivated from our conversation. I've emailed 200 people today. Good. Keep going. Get it. You know, but that's the, you know, I want to have an impact. I want to be a a source of positivity and kindness. And, you know, people are going to talk crap about you one way or another, but make them look really stupid to talk crap about someone who's doing that kind of stuff. Right. Like, are you seriously having this conversation about that person right now? All the, all that they're doing really. Okay. Yep. Good for you. Um, but that's, that's the thing. It's everybody's going to have their opinions. They're going to hate, you know, the peanut gallery is very large. Um, but that's the thing. It's like those people are unhappy with themselves, their lives, and they feel better about themselves by talking crap about other people. That's not my thing. I don't do that. I don't care to do that, but those people are broken and hurting in their own rights and they'll do what they do, but you you can't let it get to you. You got to keep just doing your thing. But once again, if you're leading with kindness and value and and you're trying to make the world a better place and make somebody's life better, you know, I've got messages like you saved my life. Yeah. What? Yeah. You just need one of those. And then you go, all right, I I know what I'm doing." doing. But that's my thing. It's like, some bigger people would look at this podcast and be like, this isn't Joe Rogan. Why am I going to waste my time? It's like, if I impact one person, even if it's you, Joe, with this conversation, it was worth my time. Well, Sonny, so funny because you were probably going to be the only guest in this whole year that I've done this that I was going to ask, what made you say yes? That right there. That's okay, it. Cool. Like I, I look at these. I try to do as many of these as I can. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm busy, whatever. But like, once again, what's 15, 30 an hour to, to do a podcast that will live forever on the internet. Mm-hmm. So I could impact someone 10 years from now, yep. or I can impact someone today. Like, like that, that's the, once again, broader mindset, looking at the big picture. Cause dude, I, I have people from different continents, like places I've never even heard of who found me on social media, who follow me. And then literally one guy in particular is his name's Yasser, and he listens and watches all my stuff. And then he sends me these beautifully written messages of his thoughts and of these, like what he got out of it. 
And I'm just, I just sit back every time like, wow, like this guy who I've never met before in a, in a place I've never been to, like we were not connected other than social media. He found me and he's, he appreciates my stuff so much that he takes the time every single time to listen and watch my stuff when it comes out. So he'll, he'll watch this and he'll hear, he'll hear me talking about him. What's up? Yes. <laughs> but that's, cool. but that's like, that's why I do this, man. It's yeah. just like, he's so impacted by what I have to say. And that's a mind blowing thing to say, like yeah. for me, like I, I'm just trying to be honest and tell my story and, and hopefully it helps impact somebody else in a positive way. But, but when you really get in that groove of hearing from people and, and you motivated them or you inspired them, like I spoke at Columbia college, Hollywood, I've, about a month ago and some of the responses afterwards from the students were like you gave me the confidence to pursue my dreams That's are you kidding me <laughs> like like how selfish would i have to be as a human being to not do what i do if that's the response i'm getting even if it's one person yeah, yeah that's how true. idiotically selfish is that but once again, I'm not here saying, Joe, if you do X, Y, Z, you'll be a billionaire. <laughs> like, I'm not that person, man. I'm not trying to hawk a, a class at you or you know, get you to pay my, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to teach foundational skills that have been completely lost in this generation, completely lost. And Gen Z, they're even worse. Like they, they have it off worse. So I'm trying to fix this and also instill this into the up and coming generation i'm even writing a children's book right now to instill these core values at a very young age so it, it's uh, i'm trying to trying to get this back into where the world was you know i it's not such a hateful and nasty place like i had someone slip in my dms the other day and just say the nastiest shit to me and i was just like i was like how am i going to respond to this and i responded with thank you so much appreciate the love and with like a, a flex emoji, right? And that person laughed with a bunch of emojis and I haven't heard from them again. Yep. So I gave them their, the attention they were looking for. Yep. And I also probably shook them to their core because they wanted a shouting match. And instead I like self-destructed their brain because I hit them with that. Yep. Okay. You know, I've had people do that where I, I hit them with kindness, kill them with kindness, right? Kill them with kindness. Da, da, da. <laughs> and you do that. And they're like, oh my gosh, I love your content. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what happened to the, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, or, or they follow me right after, right. they follow me right after like, oh my gosh, you know, but that's, that's like, once again, these people are just broken, you know, and, yeah. and they, they're hurting and I feel for them and I hope they can find their happiness and their path. And, but it's not by being hateful and nasty to other people. If, if, if you're actively going out of your way to sabotage and bring other people down, or make other people feel less than you are broken. Yeah. And you need to do a lot of soul searching because whatever you're doing is not working. Yeah. And I promise you, you're not going to get to where you want to go by going down this path. You may feel really powerful and cool about yourself, but at the end of the day, nobody else thinks you're cool and nobody else likes you. Yeah. That's the reality of it. Yeah. It's just, so I want to respect your time because we're getting close and I literally could go on and I have so much that we never got to, but, um, I want to, God, there's so much we didn't get to. I want to talk about your book. Um, cause you mentioned it on the summit. And so is that something different than the children's book or that is the book? 
No, that's that's the book. Um, okay. I'm starting with a children's series. Um, I'm partnered with a phenomenal artist in Sweden that I found years ago on social media. Uh, once again, I, I'm trying to surround myself with people who I admire and who inspire me. I found her work two years ago, and I knew from the onset of finding her, I was like, "There's there's something there, and I'm going to figure it out." She's just phenomenal, and here we are right now, and she's doing all the illustrations for the book. So it's just one of those things where it's you know show love, support other people and good things happen. And if they, if something doesn't happen, you're still okay. Cause you're connected with that person and you have those conversations and the happiness exchanges that that's what makes life worth living, you know? And that's, you know, a lot of people want the transactional stuff and yeah, it's great. But at the same time, it's not everything, you know, so many people have the transactions, but they have no soul. So what, what's the, what's the point of that? How much can you share about the book? Uh, like, uh, uh, it, yeah, it's it's pretty straightforward. I mean, it, it's it's a picture book for kids, so it's very uh, uh, entry level in that regard. Um, I want to kind of put it in the same category as like you know a Dr. Seuss reading level. Like oh. it's very basic. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not a rhyme book, but it is very basic in that sense. Uh, you know, I'm not a, <laughs> a professional writer or anything, so for me to to put my words on paper and do this is a, once again, I'm stepping out of my comfort zone to do this because I feel like I could hopefully potentially impact someone in a positive way. So I, I've created this little universe with, you know, my, my dog is the main character champ. Um, and he's a boxer and he's my, my child. I love him to death. So he's, he and his friends are going to be teaching these valuable lessons to whoever reads the book. And the first book's about kindness. So it's, going to be champ giving examples of how to be kind and we're talking basic stuff like helping someone in need you know complimenting someone defending someone in front of a bully very basic stuff no one's asking you to move mountains basic stuff give someone a gift like it's just basic stuff and that's i think from that digestible level of those basic tasks at a young age people will get that compliment someone. I like your shirt. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. You know, or, oh, my, my kite is stuck in a tree. Uh, I wish someone would help me. Oh, got you. I'm there, you know, but that's the thing, man. A lot of people look the other way and that's, that's the problem. So if I can, you know, the, the artwork she's doing is so incredible. It's like, I compare it to like the likes of Pixar and Disney. Like she's just so amazing. So the illustrations are going to be out of this world. Um, so as long as I don't screw up the basic story, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> and what's it do out? Oh, uh, it man, I'm juggling so many different projects. I'm trying to get it done as soon as possible. Okay. Um, you know, she has a lot going on, so we're all kind of just doing the best we can with the time. I would love to get it out in the next, you know, three to six months. Um, but once again, I, I'm hoping for a series where you'll see all these different characters and multiple books. And it's been cool because I've, I've incorporated my previous pets, uh, you know, dogs that I are no longer with us for me. Uh, I have, you know, pets of dear friends of mine that are basically family that passed away that I put in the book out of love and respect for them so they can live forever. So it's just really cool to, to have that control to tell my own story and everybody plays a role. There's a significance to every character in the book. And I think it'd be fun for people to, to enjoy these unique characters and the illustrations really bring them to life. 
Uh, and that's, I can't credit her enough. Her name's Vixie Arts on Instagram. Um, she's phenomenal. Her real name's Hedvig and she's in Sweden and she's amazing. So um, any updates I get from her, I always put a smile on my face because she's just talented. And that that's one thing as a manager, as a producer, I, I, I'd like to think I have a good eye for talent, whether it be for sports or music or anything. I just have a good uh, grasp on that because I look at the big picture, whether it's from your brand or your talent in general or the potential you're being underutilized, whatever. And she's definitely one that is just so gifted and talented and any way I can help her grow and, and win, like we're winning together on this book. So it's it's a cool project. I'm excited. And like I said, if, if one kid reads it, and and get something out of it i've done my job but it's also cool to to do it for my dog champ and yeah. and to see him as a cartoon character is is pretty cool so i'll That's send awesome. you some images offline and and you can get a, a first look i would love it i would love it all right cool so again we're right you had the- you had one question you said i can't forget i i know but i don't want to keep you because I'm, I'm good it, okay it, so okay you promise yeah yeah I, i'm good till one okay. thirty. So okay. So I wanted to get to the school thing about um, you went to college. You took the year off. You finished online. I love Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, I spoke to him once on the phone for like maybe two minutes tops. It was nice. it's, a, it's a story I'll tell you at another time. Um, but he talks about you have to make that decision. And and if people are listening to this that are younger in high school or writing college right now what is your opinion if you don't mind on doing what you love and just getting out there and doing it as opposed to going to college and i know it varies on the circumstance right you can't you can't go out and walk into a, a, a surgery room and say exactly. okay I'm, I'm here to learn and yeah. you know certain things have to happen that way but certain Correct. things don't which i'd like to know what you think about that uh for the parents out there i would always say you know academics are important. I would, I would go to college if you can, but I would also say on the flip side, if, if you're in a situation where you're getting good experience in the streets and on the ground and in real world experience, in my opinion, that's something that is far beyond anything you'll ever learn in school. And I can say that wholeheartedly my on the ground in the street work that I've done since 16, 17, 18 years old. That's what made me who I am. School had a part of that, obviously, but it's, it's, you know, you can't adapt to, to situations in a classroom. Whereas in, in the real world, like things come at you quick and you got to be able to adapt and, and react accordingly. And that experience that you challenge yourself at an early age. I mean, there are high school kids where I'm like, get out there. Like, what are you waiting for? Start. Like now has never been a better time to do your own thing because you have Google, you have YouTube, you have all of social media, you have masterclass, you have all these tools that you can leverage to do your own thing. Whether you're consulting, whether you want to be a, a, a music artist, like there are so many tools that like with our iPhones now shoots in 4k, you don't even need a crew anymore. Like it, it literally is so easy to do your own thing. So now I would say, if it makes sense for you and you have support around you financially and good people who are going to help you when you fall, give it a shot. But if, if you don't, go to college, do what you need to do, get your degree and move forward. But like some people truly are, are wired for entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And I was 
that person. And when I put myself in nine to fives, I did great work, but I was never happy. And that is like, I need to be doing 57 things a day. Like that truly is like how I'm, I'm wired. Um, so, you know, it's not for everybody and that's okay. Everybody's wired differently. That's what we've been talking about since we started, Mm -hmm. but you have to understand deep within yourself who you are and what you are. And only you can say that. Right. So other people be like, go to school, you know, but if you know that that's not your path, go do your path. Like listen, but don't let it get to you in a way of like, oh, because you'll truly know you will. I had people say that was the worst idea I ever had to step away from school. I don't regret it in the least because I went back and finished online anyway. But, you know, I do think about if I just did my own thing from the from the get go and never went to college, where would I be? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a a scary good thought in a way, because. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have had the, the school quote unquote distraction. I would have been able to stay focused in the areas where I wanted to build and I wanted to grow, you know, and a lot of the most successful people in the world didn't go to school, you know, in certain, certain areas, obviously, if you want to be a doctor, you got to go to med school. Mm -hmm. Okay. Get that. If you want to build rocket ships, you know, it's different, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's a different world now. You know, if if you asked me this question five years ago, I would have had a different answer, but now, like, if you're a dreamer, go dream. You have one life to live. I don't want you to live with any regrets. Um, and once again, your your path, your time is different from everybody else. So if you're 59 years old, uh, that doesn't mean you've, you've missed out on your opportunities and your dreams. Um, there are parts of me in some days where I'm like, man, I'm 32, I'm failing. I'm not kidding. Because I, 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 you, you catch yourself looking behind you. And you're like, wow, that 17 year old has 50 billion followers on TikTok and they're making outrageous amounts of money and, you know, having opportunities and things like that. And I'm just like, no, I wouldn't change anything. So we are who see, we that's are. That's cool. Yeah. See, that's cool. You don't want to be inside my head. I'm still trying to clean out all that. No, stuff. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I, I read a post, it's like yesterday. I'm going to see if I can pull it up really fast. Um, because it was really insightful on this regard. Um, it says, uh, at age 23, Tina Fey was working at a YMCA. At age 23, Oprah was fired from her first reporting job. At age 24, Stephen King was working as a janitor and living in a trailer. At age 27, Vincent Van Gogh failed as a missionary and decided to go to art school. At age 28, J.K. Rowling was suicidal parent living on welfare. Uh, at age 28, Wayne Coyne from the Flaming Lips was a fry cook. At age 30, Harrison Ford was a carpenter. At age 30, Martha Stewart was a stockbroker. At age 37, Ang Lee was a stay-at-home dad working on odd jobs. Julia Child released her first book at age 39 and got her own cooking show at age 51. Vera Wang failed to make the Olympic figure skating team, didn't get the editor-in-chief position at Vogue, and designed her first dress at age 40. You know, Stan Lee didn't release his first big comic book until he was 40. I mean, like that. So it it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, stop comparing yourself with other people. Your journey is your journey. What you do with it now is all, is all that matters. Your experience, Joe, being 59 is far more than I have at 32. It's just the reality of it. So what are you doing with that experience? What are you doing with that knowledge? Right. And that's, that's why people who are older and bloom late, doesn't mean anything 
literally anything. It, it, it's such a different game now. You know, there are people who go viral for all kinds of strange reasons, but they put themselves out there. And you doing this podcast is a great way to put yourself out there. And it also allows you to connect with amazing people. So keep doing this, but also don't give up on whatever other dreams you may have for yourself just because you're 59. I, I don't, I don't subscribe to that. I've met a lot of people in my, my young 32 years who are like, Oh, I'm old. I'm 45. My, that train has, has passed. That ship has sailed. Right. I'm like, you're just making a whole bunch of excuses for yourself. Cause if you really wanted it, you would go get it. Yep. Yeah. I don't say those things anymore. I'm on Good. a new path and, and, I, I got shit to get done. So good. I like to hear that. Joe. <laughs> All right, cool. So I'm going to let you go. All right. Um, but I want to do this again with you because I sure. want to do when you, when, if you want to schedule it, when the book comes out, I want to ask you about, all the movie and TV stuff that you're doing that we never were able to dig into. I want to ask you about you and, and Gary and how that came about and what that connection is. Um, there's, there's just so many things. Uh, so I'd like to do this again down the road. Absolutely. And uh, maybe the timing will be right where your book's coming out. I Part of the, the conversation about the book is that I've talked with people before where I wish we could get to people earlier in life yeah, yeah. and and guide them and and we seem to just be wanting to fix people now as yeah. opposed to getting to them when they are in their late you know their their early teens high school and create some really cool programs that say here if you're willing to watch and listen and read and this will steer you into a, a good path to start um, and instead, I feel like there's so many people we see on social media, we, we watch these groups and, and people are trying to fix things and reinvent things at a later age. And all this time has gone by where they weren't living a fulfilled life. And I, my goal and my hope at some point is we can just shift the whole thing yeah. earlier and yeah. just get to people earlier. Well, that's, that's my focus. I, I speak at high schools, universities, um, postgrads like uh, i'm trying to impact those people my my demos the 16 to 35 range and uh because nobody's putting a lot of effort and time into them yeah and that's a scary part yep. of your life it just is so that's where my focus is obviously with the children's book i'm trying to aim a little earlier um as well so you know it's there's a, a niche that's open there and that's what I've identified. And that's where I kind of put my flag, you know, guys like Gary and, and people like that, they do amazing work, but they're also very established in the business sense. So they're, they're selling courses, mm -hmm. they're doing things like that where, you know, growth groups and like things you mentioned where, you know, those kids aren't doing that. And, and the, the skills that they need to thrive and survive and succeed in this business um, aren't being talked about and they're not taught in schools. So it's, it's, you know, the building relationships, the adding value, how to deal with failure, you know, things like that, where it's, you know, you only learn that by experience. Yeah. So true, man. All right, Brad, I'm going to let you go. I've gone over the time by almost 15 minutes. I <laughs> so appreciate this. You have no idea. I hope you can see it in my face that I was so no, excited to job. have you. Thank you for saying yes. I can't thank you enough for that. And again, we'll do this again because I have so many other questions to ask. I'd love to be able to help promote that book because I think it's really important. Thanks, man. Um, so thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I appreciate the invitation and you uh, have yourself a good week, all right? Awesome, man. We will talk soon. Thank right, you. Buddy.
I'm very honored that you are listening to my podcast. And if you really like what you are hearing, please rate it. And if you have the time to write a review, I would be very grateful for that. Thank you so much. Join me again for future episodes.